You're listening to a message from Spindle City Vineyard. Connect with us or find out more at spindlecityvineyard.com. Good morning. How are you today? Great. Welcome, everybody. My name is Perla Samitis, and I'm part of the team that serves here at Spindle City Vineyard. We are truly happy to see you here. We know that it's not a coincidence. I always tell my kids with God there are no coincidences. So if you are here, it's because God wanted you to hear something, to experience his presence, just to know how much he loves you. So we are going to uh, go into the message, and we're going to kind of remember a little bit. Okay, we started last Sunday with the book of Psalms. And if you haven't been here for a while or you are new, we've been going through the whole Bible together which is a journey, it's an adventure. I, since the very beginning, I had this picture of God driving a car, and let's go for a ride, and sometimes he says, pull over, we'll park here and stay, and again, go back and keep riding. So that's the journey we've been together, just going with Jesus through the Bible. And last Sunday, Brittany started with Psalms. Uh, so just a few of the highlights, okay? One of the things that she said is that the book of Psalms is meant to be read in order because it goes through the history of Israel as a nation. Okay, so you can see everything that we've been learning about history in the Old Testament, it's also revealed in the book of Psalms. And another fact, it's made of five books. And it reflects the Torah or the first five books of the Bible that Moses wrote. So we also have five books here in the book of Psalms. One thing that she really sensed, and God has continued just speaking this morning through worship, is access. In Psalms, you can see how we have that access to come before him just as you are hiding nothing, he knows everything, just come, and we have access to his presence. And another thing is just make room for God. Okay, let's just go for it, make room for him, seek him, try to just go into his presence. So I was thinking about all of this because we're going to continue with the first part of this book of Psalms, and I just thought, okay, it's not a hymn, but many of these poems are meant to be sung. And I was thinking, okay, music has something that really affects our soul. When you listen to a song, it affects your soul. It goes to your mind in a different way than just getting some information. So I just kind of picture, okay, let's have a little experiment here, okay? So we're going to have um, the first slide here. And just imagine this is a poem. What goes on your mind when you read this? Johanna. Johanna. <laughs> yes. Are you able to read it like a poem or your mind is singing? It's singing. It's singing. It talks, right? What about the next one? Are you reading it with a very serious voice or are you singing in your mind? You're singing. And... And yeah, you read that and you remember history without going to a class maybe. You just know the song, you know the hymn, and you are 
remembering history. What about the next one? <laughs> All moms are like, what did you do? That's the whole little poem. Are you singing in your mind if you have kids? Singing and dancing, yes, because it just, it really sticks there, okay? What about the next one? Mm, yes. Are you reading it or is your soul singing? Yes. Yeah, it's singing. So this is what happens when you put music to poems or it just goes directly to your heart, to your soul, it sticks. So as I was doing this, like looking what songs can I use, I found very interesting things. Like since music is learned scientifically for us to learn or remember, I found and discovered something like this. Let's go to the next, to the next slide. I didn't know these guys, but a mom posted these, Flanders and Swan, they happen to have a very cool song. Are you ready for it? It's about the, let me read it. First and second laws of thermodynamics. Yes, yes, Kat is very excited. I got really excited, believe it or not. I'm not into science. But if you want your kids to learn this, look them up because it's very funny the way they use it. And they teach you the laws of thermodynamics with music. And there was even one comment from a high schooler, like, let me tell you this works. I learned the whole thing with this song. And I was like, whoa, that is amazing. Okay, and I found a second one, if you go to the next slide. This is the element song, the periodic table of the elements. You have to just hear them. It's so funny because they go really, really fast like a tongue twister and then they get out of breath like, oh, and they continue with the, yeah, so it's, and you can learn the whole table. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's amazing. Just music and you remember. So Psalms, I was like, okay, that's much clearer now. The book of Psalms. God meant for them to just remember, help people remember. And it's too many things when the people of Israel were reading these Psalms, or even Jesus in the New Testament, he says, he, just, he quoted Psalms, and they knew them. Help the people remember God's deeds. Remember immediately his miracles, like times of history, God's teachings the blessings so people would not forget. They would see us, they would sing something and immediately would pinpoint the timeline in history. Yes, this is when God did this, okay? But these songs also help us to know how to, okay? So how to come before God. They are like modeling. How can we come before him? How to pray to him, how to worship and how to praise him. Uh, so I'm going to give you a question and as you think, I'm going to pray to go into this message. But the question is, and I just sense that God placed it in my heart, do you have a special song with God? Maybe when you came to first know that he was real, you gave your life to him. One, do you remember one of the songs that you used to sing to him? You were just in that song. 
Um, because he did that as I was praying for this message. He did that with me. He was reminding me songs that I had forgotten. He would wake me up with a song that, wow, where did that come from? It's been years and just remembering these songs, okay? So I want you to think, what's the special song that you just love singing to him? And you know that he immediately his presence just comes whenever you sing that song to him. And if you don't have one, I, we're going to pray for you. He's going to give you one today, okay? So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, start moving. Keep moving more. Keep touching hearts and minds. Bring these songs from heaven to every heart and mind. Songs that you might be, even you might be singing over each one of us. Reveal to us more of you. We want you and we love you. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Okay, so we are going to give you some information for you to have that background, and God is going to be speaking through that. Uh, the first part of Psalms, okay, with the exception of Psalm 1 and 2 that opened the book that Brittany talked about last Sunday, we're going to have five books, and we're going to go through the first three books today, okay? Or not all of them, but more or less the idea. Okay, so we have book one. It's from Psalms 3 to 41. And most of them were written by David. Okay, do you remember we learned about David? Yeah, one of the most beloved kings of Israel, and he wrote most of them. Okay, book two goes from the next psalm, Psalm 42 to 72, and then we have three authors there, as you can see. Okay, now we have the names of Asaph or sons of Korah. We don't know exactly who they are, but they were the creators, the authors. We also have more Psalms by David, and the last one of that book is by Solomon, David's son. Okay, and then we have book three that goes from Psalm 73 to 89, and most of them are by Asaph or the sons of Korah, okay? So just at a glance, you can see that book one and two, they have a lot of David, one of Solomon, so you know that they are kings. So when you start reading Psalms, you're going to find Psalms with the themes uh, like God as a king or David and Solomon as a king, okay, his kingship over his people or the battles that they fought, how God delivered them. So it's all about the kings and his relationship with God. And book three, there's, I think, just one by David. They're in the area, in the mix, but most of them are Asaph and Korah. They follow the history. So these people lived in the exile and post-exile, the very hard times in the history of Israel. So most of them are going to be what people call, researchers call, laments, or the mourning. Okay? Uh, each book was compiled by different people. They were like, okay, God wants to speak to us, to us through the Psalms. So they put them together in a book. And after each book, after 
Psalm 41, for example, and then again after Psalm 72 to mark the end of a book, they put like a blessing, like, blessed be the Lord Almighty forever and ever. Amen. So at the end of each book, there's a blessing to God. Okay? So when I was thinking about these um, themes, laments, the first three books of the Psalms, and mixed with praises and remembering history and everything, I was thinking, okay, we need some examples because in that, you are going to see clearly how these human beings, just like you and I, were free to come before God and bring either their praise to him or their sadness or whatever their emotions were at the moment. They were not hiding anything before God. Okay, so we have, for example, Psalm 40. This is in book one, written by King David. And we can more or less see how he remembers timelines when he was being persecuted or he had enemies and how God delivered him. So we read something like this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon the rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see this and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So this is David remembering and this is going to be something that you'll see all through Psalms, okay? Whatever it is that a person is coming to God with, God is always in the picture. So if it's joy, God is there. If it's sadness, God is there. If it's a lament, God is there. And you are going to see that God is going to be that big difference. There's always hope. There's always deliverance. There's always victory. Another psalm, this is from book three, Psalm 79, because it really reflects more or less okay, a lot of what you're going to be seeing in this book three. I'm going to read just maybe two of the verses. Verse nine, uh, this is by Asaph. Oh God, the nations have come into your inheritance, like your city, your nations, us. And they have defiled your holy temple. So he's kind of really just crying, okay, for what's happening. And verse 5 says, how long, O Lord? How long? One of the main themes in Psalms is going to be this how long cry. Okay, there are two questions that you're going to see over and over. One is why? And another one is, how long? And just continuing with the songs, uh, this was very interesting to me because this Psalm 40, if you love music, you might remember a song by the music band U2. Do you remember that? They, Bono wrote a song, he put music to Psalm 40. And then he asked the questions in the chorus, how long? How long? And this is a song by them. They just put it into a song. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because, yeah, it all revolves about 
this putting music to even the deepest cry of your heart. So when I was thinking about all of this, there's a song that is very special to me, and I think it gives you the perfect example because it gives you the raw emotion and honesty and transparency that God wants us just, just to have when coming before him, asking questions, and then there's a big, big difference. And that is Psalm 73. I'm going to read some of it. You don't have it there, but if you want to take a Bible from under the chairs and if you want to go along and read it, you are welcome to read it. Uh, have you ever read Psalm 73? Do you recall that? Yes. Yeah. One verse in this uh, psalm is like my verse. I always tell God. I don't know if you, oopsie, something went off <laughs> here. I hope online that you're following us still, there's something, yeah, the light just went off. Uh, but there's a verse in this Psalm 73 that God speaks over and over. Do you happen to have a verse? Because today it's a day of remembering, okay? Maybe this song, but he can also use a verse that he just brings to your life over and over and over again. And you just realize, wow, this is really a verse between you and me. This is the verse that you give me. This is my verse. Yeah, Psalm 73 has my verse in it. <laughs> uh, so you're going to see how it's really powerful to me. Okay, Psalm 73 says, Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. So he opens with a praise right? And then he goes, but as for me, and we'll start describing what he's feeling, what he's going through, okay, right now. My feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not troubled as others are. So he's seeing the people around like, look at them. Look at the God. You look at them. Look what they are doing. They don't have any trouble, maybe like me. And he continues, they are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes, he starts describing, swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak malice. Loftily they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongue struts through the air, through the earth. Therefore, his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. So he's really describing uh, they prosper. They are doing bad things. They oppress. And nobody says anything. They, actually, they follow them. They like them. Like, there are no troubles for them. He's complaining. He's really complaining and expressing what's in his heart. So verse 11, they say, they even say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the most high? So they even dare to say, like, no. He doesn't care, or he doesn't, he doesn't exist, okay? Behold, these are the wicked, 
always at ease, they increase in riches. For all the day long, I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. He's going through some serious times, right? If the seven, uh, 16. If I had said, I will speak like them, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. So he's having this struggle, like, what if I behave like them? What if I get to speak like them so I don't have these troubles? And then inside of him, he's like, but I can't. I just, it's not natural because I know God. I cannot. So this is like, I cannot sin happily, right? Because I know God and he has changed me. So let's see verse 17. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a worrisome task. It's very, very hard. Verse 17, until, and that's the big difference, until I went into the presence of God. And he gives the answer. He gets the answer. Whenever you are looking around you and you're feeling discouraged, whenever you're going through hardship and you feel discouraged, you have to get that until. Come, come to his presence. Tell him anything and everything until you get his presence right there with you. That's going to be the difference. Verse 25, and this is the verse that fills my life. For some reason, he gave it to me. He cries out from verse 23. Let's take it that 25. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. Like no matter what, you hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Whom have I in heaven but you? And I desire nothing besides you. What I felt with these psalms and songs is, again, a confirmation uh, of what Brittany was sensing last Sunday, like we have this access, unlimited and free access to God's presence. But also, you don't have to be afraid to come to God and complain before him, or as I tell my kids, throw a tantrum, I've done that many times. <laughs> like, did you see that, God? Like, how come that's not fair? And just come before him. He doesn't get offended. He wants you to have an open heart, completely transparent, sincere. No matter what you're feeling, no matter what you think, just come and talk to him until you get his presence right there. And I always say, that's when you get the true perspective of things. When you're in his presence, everything changes. And I thought about this verse in Hebrews 10. It says, therefore, believers, since we have confidence and full freedom to enter the holy place, that's his presence, by means of the blood of Jesus, 
let us do it. Like, let us approach God with a true and sincere heart in faith. Another quote that came to my mind was one by this author, Corrie Ten Bloom. I don't know if you have read about her. She, is a, she was a survivor of the Holocaust. She saw God in the middle of uh, very, very hard experiences. Always, always saw God, always holding his hand. And he said, she said this, if you look at the world, because this is what we just read in the psalm, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed because we cannot do anything. But if you look at God, you'll be at rest. And I just thought, oh, that's, that is, yes, that is so true. So this morning, God put another verse in my mind, just very clearly. It was Psalm 30. I didn't have time to put it there. But it's uh, that psalm, I'm going to read it to you. It's in the message, it says, you did it. You changed wild lament into whirling dance. Okay. The regular verse says, you changed my lament into dancing. And I'm going to give you now a new song. But this version says, I'm about to burst with song. I can't keep quiet about you, God. My God, I cannot thank you enough. What I was sensing is, what's the experience that you are going through right now? Is it a why question? Is it a how long question? Is it a praise question? And I just sense that somehow, and he's been speaking through worship, he, it's like he is really coming and saying, you are my friends because I'm telling you what I do. That's what Jesus said to the apostles. If you are my servants, I don't share what you, I'm going to do or what I'm doing. But if I share it, then you are not, no longer servants. You are my friends. And I just sense God saying, I want to have more. I want you to experience more. I want you to have more hunger and thirst for his presence. So we're going to pray today. We're going to respond. And we have plenty of time because we wanted to have this uh, time with Holy Spirit. And I want you to think, um, how was it when you first came to Jesus? There was a song there, find your song to him. And just come right now. We're going to have this time to come with a sincere heart, with a transparent heart. Don't hide anything. He already knows, right? Sometimes we pretend that he doesn't know, so I won't say it, God. Like, but he already knows. And give, he, he doesn't want to force us, like, I know, but I'm, I just want to force you to say it, right? He wants to give us this opportunity to experience what it is to completely trust him. That he's safe. He won't get offended. 